right, welcome back. I'm your host, Ryan Rothstein, hanging out with you here in the Prop Swap Studios, 1490 Sports Betting Radio on a Wednesday, 7.30. Let's bring in our NFL Eagles insider, Johnny Mack. Follow John on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, si.com, extending the play on Saturdays. John, I don't even... It's too much to just explain everything you have going on. It uh, takes up half the long. segment. It's too long. It takes the, the whole 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it does. All right, that's that's the segment. we got to run. Um, we'll see you tomorrow, yeah. folks. <laughs> good night, everybody. Um, no, but John's everywhere because he's that good. Uh, all right. Yeah, you know, come on, man. i got to exaggerate. So... <laughs> There's uh, a lot happening. I mean, I saw a bunch of different updates and news and transactions across the radar here regarding the Philadelphia Eagles today. Uh, I don't know where you want to start. You can start in the backfield. You can start on the defensive side, uh, but plenty to get into here. Yeah, I think Howie Roseman's starting to button up things in, in preparation for the draft. You always, uh, I've always mentioned you want to make sure your roster has at least you know, some answer at each position so you don't have to widely, you know, reach for need when the draft comes. So uh, Eagles made a couple moves. The biggest one would be Eric Wilson. Um, A lot of people, including myself, put two and two together early in the process uh, that he would be a natural um, fit because he's from Minnesota. Uh, Nick Rollis was the assistant position coach there. Uh, he's now the linebackers coach here. Uh, so he's very familiar with them. Jonathan Gannon, obviously, uh, was in Minnesota as well. So he's familiar with them. Um, and I think it just came down to the fact, you know, he had a big year statistically because he got to play uh, when Anthony Barr got hurt, I think, in week two. So he essentially played the whole season. He played a 1,000 snaps. Um, and he put up numbers, man. He's one of, I think, one of two linebackers that had three sacks and three interceptions. So, a um, little bit splashy. I think, you know, um, over the cap projected he'd make about seven or eight million dollars on the open market. And I, I said, wow, I don't see that because, you know, NFL teams are going to throw on the film and say, okay. It's all that good stuff, and he can't stop the run. He can't hold up run support, and I think that's what happened. And he got $3.25 million, so it depends you know, what you want. The Eagles are going to be a lot better in coverage at linebacker, a lot better as a blitzer, but, man, he's just he's, he, can't, he can't defend the run. So it's, it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, so what does that mean for how the depth chart fills out at the position uh, for linebacker? Well, as of right now, I think you would look at in the base, and remember, base really isn't the base anymore. And by that, I mean in the 4-3, you're probably playing three linebackers maybe 25% of the time. So the real base defense is the nickel, and you have two three-down linebackers. I expect those two three-down linebackers to be uh, Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton. Then you have T.J. Edwards as the Mike in the 4-3 base. So I I do think he'll be a three-down linebacker for this team. Um, And that's all dependent on what happens in the draft. Uh, Well, 
and that's what I was saying with Howard Roseman buttoning things up, and that includes Jordan Howard in the backfield. You at least you at least have options now at a linebacker, running back, uh, so you don't have to. You know, if you're you're sitting there day three and you said, I haven't gotten a running back, I got to get a running back, I got to make a move, or I got to get a linebacker. You don't want to be in that position. Uh, and I think the last uh, domino is corner. They got to do something at corner before the draft as well. It'll be one of these one year prove it deals like these were uh, with Wilson and Howard. So, um, both both moves make sense, but as I said, the Wilson one is far splashier. That's probably going to be a starting player for them and a guy who plays a lot, and he'll do some good things. I, I think fans will be excited because he'll make some splash plays, but then they're going to get upset when you know, <laughs> somebody's rumbling through the middle for 20 yards. Yeah, oh, they're going to get upset either way. Uh, all right, so linebacker updates, but quarterback, man, the quarterback room isn't going to be the same. Obviously, uh, you know. The unstoppable <laughs> Nate Studfeld. Now he's going to be unstoppable for the San Francisco 49ers. Boy, the 49ers have been trying to get a backup quarterback. And it's interesting because yeah, I thought they had a good backup quarterback situation. I really did. I don't think they had a good starting quarterback situation. But if you think about it, Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard, I, I'm not saying they're great by any stretch of the imagination, but it's just weird. You know, who has great backup quarterbacks? I mean, those guys each got to play at times and each played well at times. I don't know how much more you could ask for, but – I don't know what Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, they moved up to third to take the quarterback. Everybody's joking now; they're not going to take the quarterback because they got Nate Sudfeld. But uh, I'm happy for Nate. He's from Modesto. He's from out there, so he's going home. Um, you know, he's a great guy. Got along really well with Carson Wentz and Nick Foles. was a, was a great fit in the locker room. But you know, he's a third string quarterback, and he'll get an opportunity to be a third string quarterback and in San Francisco. Not that this is a huge, like, newsworthy story or topic of conversation, but what do the Eagles do now um, to round out the quarterback room? Well, they're going to they're gonna draft uh, a quarterback uh, probably on day three, I would imagine. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if they signed another quarterback as well as an undrafted free agent. They're going to bring in four uh, for the off-season work, and and they'll probably go about the develop, developmental aspect, uh, getting that day three guy. Hopefully, it's better than Clayton Thorson, but they have a history of doing that anyway. And if you look at it, I mean, they have Joe Flacco now as the backup, so that's a veteran guy. You don't need, uh, a, a, in theory, you don't need a stabilizing presence, so you can afford to have a, a rookie developmental guy. And you know whether it's Sam Ellinger from Texas, people speculated Ian Book from Notre Dame, um, somebody like that, uh, K.J. Costello, who was at Stanford and finished up in the SEC. So um, I, I think they'll add somebody like that in, in the third day of the draft. Remember, they have 11 picks, so they can afford to do those things now. Um and I've always, you know, I've even said punter. And I had Jimmy Kemsky on a bird 365. He had him taking a punter. Presley Harvest from Georgia Tech. So I like that as well. 
All right, so Nate Sudfeld is out of here, and in the backfield we have some news. And, of course, Eagles Twitter had uh, mixed mixed reactions to this. It, it depends on what type of role he's going to have, I think. Right, John? So can you fill us in with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought the Eagles should have re-signed uh, Jordan Howard uh, last season, or at least tried, but he did get a pretty good contract in Miami. So I understood um, why they they let him walk, um, but he didn't perform well. So it's kind of different. If you go back to be, before he got hurt, it's kind of – we don't know what he is at this point. If he's that guy, I, I think people forget. Like, Miles Sanders got benched for Jordan Howard. He was playing well. He was playing really well. And then he got that weird stinger that was never – that lasted essentially whatever it was half the season, and he didn't play again. Uh, and then he's all to Miami, and he has the horrible season. So I don't know if he's the same physically, but if he's the same guy he was, people forget. <laughs> I mean, that was working well, the thunder and lightning. Uh, and they were a nice compliment. Miles, the more explosive one, Jordan, uh, the between-the-tackles runner. Uh, who can really move the pile, can really uh, be a goal line presence as well. I don't know if he's that, but, hey, you know, I I haven't seen confirmation of this, but I assume he got um, the the veteran minimum deal, uh, which under the new CBA is is even better because it's designed to get veterans' jobs. So it would be – 1.075 1.075 million, and it only counts 850 against the cap. So you even get a little cap space as well now. Um, I don't have a problem with it at all. I mean, um, you roll the dice, and if he is what he once was, it's great. You got a complimentary back. They needed one, they didn't have one. And you don't have to worry about the draft and trying to find somebody in day three. So you think that's how they will go about it and how they should go about it? Because if their thinking is like yours, where maybe they're unsure what version of Jordan Howard they're going to get this year, and you don't want to put all of the workload on Miles Sanders, then it could be important to uh, address the running back on you know day three. Well, yeah, and I, I when I say that, I think they'll bring in a running back at some point. Again, they have 11 picks, so they don't have to worry about you know those two seasons a couple years ago when they had five, only five draft picks back to back because of Carson Wentz trade. Uh, so they have plenty of, of ammunition. Uh, I do think they will add a running back. My, my point is more, it doesn't have to hit, you know, you, you don't have to be concerned about finding a diamond in the rough on day three. If, if you have other options and maybe it's Jordan Howard, maybe it isn't, maybe it's Boston Scott. Uh, maybe it's even Jason Huntley. People forget he was here. He was a fifth-round pick last year. The Eagles picked up on waivers. So you, you kind of have a wave of options. And um, if you have four guys instead of one guy, maybe one one of them you know, does the job you need them to do. Yeah, it's um... – now, the running back position, I, I think, is flying under the radar a little bit because, like you've detailed plenty, there is uh, areas of need, you can argue, almost at every single position, almost on literally both sides of the ball. 
Um, offensive line is probably one of the strongest spots when healthy, but when healthy is a huge part of that sentence. They haven't been healthy uh, in recent years, dating back to the Super Bowl. Even that year, they dealt with some health issues. So, um, you know, but the running back, John, we've talked about this before. Now Jordan Howard's coming back, but Miles Sanders, once again, just to get into him for a second, I'm still not a believer, and I'm still curious how he's going to be utilized uh, with the new staff this year. Well, I'm a I'm a believer as a runner. I think he's fine, but I, I do think these people that want him to touch the football 25 times there's there's two problems with that. One, um, I I don't know if he's got the durability to handle that. Number one, number two, though, is if you're going to touch it uh, 25 times a game. Uh, you're playing on third downs, and if you're playing on third downs, you got to pass block and you got to catch the football, and that's what Miles doesn't do well. Uh, not to say he couldn't improve in those aspects. He 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 regressed uh, at, at, from his rookie season to a second season, which uh, obviously was not a positive sign. It's a little surprised, especially not necessarily the pass protection, but because he showed some signs of being a natural pass catcher. Uh, you know, he didn't, he wasn't asked to do it a lot at Penn state, uh, but he seemed to be a natural at it. And uh, last year he wasn't, he was really bad at it. So maybe he isn't. <laughs> um, so you have to see on that aspect of it. Uh, but as a guy who just, you know, is a first and, and second down back, he's going to run it 15 times. You, you've seen enough from him to know he's going to make explosive runs and, um, you know, at times even be the home run hitter and take it 70, 80 yards. So that part of it is good. But no doubt you need a compliment uh, for for all of those reasons. And, and then we have any, the other issue, the other big issue, maybe the biggest of all I should have brought up first is is ball security and the fact that, um, you can't put it on the ground. Also, if you want somebody touching it, you know, Christian McCaffrey when he's healthy, Dalvin Cook numbers, you know, Derrick Henry numbers, can't put the ball on the ground consistently. I know you have a new article out on SI.com detailing uh, just the wide receiver position, and we've talked plenty about that position. There's really nothing we haven't talked plenty about. Um but fill us in on the latest article available on SI.com where you do the draft preview at wide receiver. Yeah, we're we're in the midst of our Eagle-centric draft preview, so we look at the position as it, and it relates to the depth chart and, and what the Eagles are likely uh, to do. And, and receiver is such an interesting uh, position because – uh, obviously, every fan wants them to go out and get a receiver, get a playmaker. Get um, obviously, you're not going to get Jamar Chase now, but uh, if Devontae Smith falls to 12, if Jalen Waddles falls to 12, I think that would be a lot more popular than offensive lineman, defensive lineman, um, and everybody wants them to go in that direction. But man, I mean, they just. I, Last year, they took a receiver in the first round in Jalen Rager, but they also took a receiver in the fifth round, John Hightower, in the sixth round, Quez Watkins. You go back to 2019, they took a receiver in the second round, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. I've talked about this a lot. At some point, you got to develop these players. And I talk about it all the time. The draft is not 
you know, to me, too many fans look at it and say, hand in the card, and that player's either good or he's not good. And it just doesn't work that way. You've got to develop these players. And that's the one major criticism I had of Doug Peterson's staff. The Eagles were not good at developing young players, especially at receiver. And look at his coaching staff. You bring in Nick Sirianni, who played wide receiver at Mount Union, who coached receivers with the Chiefs and the Chargers uh, before he started to matriculate upward in his career. I mean, he's supposed to be a receiver guy. So, I mean, part of his job and and part of bringing him in here has got to be developing the players you already have. So I I don't know how many more, you know, players you can add to this mix because then you start talking about, all right, I, I know people want to cut our Sega Whiteside, so I'm going to throw him out the window, uh, even though I think he'll be given another opportunity. But I haven't even brought up Travis Fulgham, um, who's a young player as well. You know, how, how many receivers do you think you're going to carry on the on the 53-man roster? So you're going to cut draft picks from last season already in, in Hightower and Watkins? Uh, maybe people want to do that, but... That that's not a good way to go about building a roster if you're just drafting three wide receivers every year. That's a that's a really bad way. So I think you have to add that into the equation as well and say, look, I mean I, I gotta lean towards more Jalen Rager. You gotta show you deserve to be a first round pick. And you gotta develop one of these other young receivers. And you have, I just talked about body you know, at the running back position, you have four guys. All I'm saying is one of those guys, just one has to develop. They have to. And that's how the Eagles have to look at the wide receiver position. Yeah. So, I mean, basically like for fans out there, if, and when the Eagles don't go wide receiver, I think part of it is the previous regime failed to develop. They still have a ton of young wide receivers recently coming out of the draft. So part of this staff's new job is to evaluate that and hopefully develop that and still see what they have. I mean, so the front office is sitting here saying to the fans, not literally, we have uh, our, our Sega white side who we still want to try and develop. We still have Jalen Rager who still needs to get developed. We still need to develop Fogum. So like you said, there's three or four guys that with the right development, you could have a you could have something. Yeah, uh, and 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 you can't keep doubling down, and you can't keep rotating guys, and you can't keep carpet bombing a position. I mean, you, it, it's okay to carpet bomb a position uh, for one season, and but that's you know then you gotta you gotta develop the guys you drafted. You can't say, oh, they didn't work out. Let's do it again. Uh, otherwise, you, what happens is you're ignoring other positions. I, I just mentioned the Eagles at some point need to take a quarterback on day three. At some point, need to take a running back on day three. Uh, at some point, you know, maybe even take a specialist on day three. Well, even though they do have 11 picks, you start picking these off, and you know they're going to take offensive line. And you know they're going to take defensive line because that's what they believe in. 
Well, you, you can't spend all your draft capital on receivers every single year. You got to develop some of these guys. And let's see if they actually can be developed. We're talking with John McMahon, our NFL Eagles insider. We do this every night on The Fix at 7.30. Follow John at JF McMullen. All right, John, I do want to transition to Deshaun Watson uh, because there's more news and the endorsement deals are dropping like flies. Yeah. Anytime your sponsors start to bail, you you know there's some issues. And and it becomes more difficult um, in today. I mean, you've seen it. In a a higher-profile setting, I mean, you you saw Major League Baseball bail out of Georgia, uh, you know, because people are being very uh, vocal uh, about their criticism uh, of new voter ID laws. Um, that's where we are in the world as far as companies having rabbit ears. And certainly, to be honest, I'm surprised it took this long when you have 22 different accusations um, that all find a parallel. And you can make fun of um, uh, the lawyer and, you know, Tony Busby, and certainly I'm, I've been in that camp. I mean, he's clearly a guy who enjoys publicity. But bottom line is, it, it's even if you have a conspiracy, it's difficult to get that many people to be on the same page with the same accusation. And, oh, by the way, they all had uh, appointments, which Sean Watson's uh, side even acknowledges. Uh, so, yeah, Nike Bale beats by Dre Bale. Uh, there was another one. After the three, I saw Bale. Uh, I think Reliant Energy, which is, you know, <laughs> the name of the stadium. Um, although I don't keep up with names of stadiums. They change them so often. At one point, is that what it's still called? It used to be called Reliant. Yeah, stadium. we have to. I know it. Yeah, I know for a fact at one point it was, but uh, yeah. it could have changed twice during our conversation here tonight. I know. So. I know. Uh, that, that's right. Uh, it's it's NRG Stadium, it was, John. It was called that. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, all these sponsors are bailing on Deshaun Watson, and uh, look, that's that's never a good sign. Uh, and forget about the money aspect of it. Uh, obviously, Deshaun Watson makes enough money that he'll be able to survive that. But uh, it, it's evident. He, I, I, the one thing that's evident. 100%. He's never playing for the Houston Texans again. The only question is, um, is he playing in the NFL again? And, and I said at this point, it's way too early to tell. I, I think best case scenario, as I said, would be the Ezekiel Elliott uh, penalty, which was a six-game suspension. Um, the worst case scenario is, is really bad. He's going to jail. And in between is, is probably um, it's going to be on the commission, commissioner's exemplars for maybe even a whole season while this unfurls itself, because there's a lot of there's a lot of legal uh, hurdles that have to be overcome before either Deshaun Watson is is cleared or sort of convicted, even in the civil world, in the in the court of public opinion, so to speak. Uh, here's something that I don't really understand. The, the Houston Texans don't have to wait for Roger Goodell to make a decision. And 
correct me if I'm wrong here, if they weren't trying to get rid of him before all this came out, would the Houston Texans have not already uh, punished, so to speak, Deshaun Watson? The fact that they haven't is... I don't. I think it's more alarming that the NFL hasn't yet. I mean, if you're the team, this is bad news. This is not good for business. I know you're trying to trade them, but don't you think they should have already punished them? I understand the business side of it, but the perception, I feel like, is not being talked about enough. Yeah, no, I've heard that a lot. And, yeah, technically a, a team could suspend a player. Um, they don't need approval. Uh, from the NFL to <clears throat> use contract detrimental to the team, conduct detrimental to the team. Uh, nobody ever does it, though. So, I, I mean, it's easy to say that. Um, and, and let's be honest. I mean, teams use that as a shield. They say, well, we'll let the NFL and we'll abide by what they say. And that's, hey, you know, people wonder why I say this. I've written it extensively over the years. People wondered why Roger Goodell made $50 million uh, before the pandemic. This is why. This is exactly the reason why. Because the owners who have the real power in this league, they want that deflected. And they want people to blame Roger Goodell for everything. And they like that. And they like the fact that he will get blamed. And they will sort of skate through Um and that's, that's the system they've set up for a reason, and it works well. And Roger has thick enough skin, God bless him, to you know, take that $50 million and say, I'll take the hits, although he takes less now because of the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he sacrificed a lot there, cutting that paycheck down from fifty million to forty-eight. Um, <laughs> but I digress. Uh, John McMullen, ladies and gentlemen, every night seven thirty, our NFL Eagles insider. Follow him, like I said, on Twitter at JF McMullen, PhillyVoice.com, SI.com, Birds three sixty-five Monday to Friday, eight a.m. to ten a.m. Extending the play, ten a.m. to eleven a.m. on Saturdays. You can't avoid them. And you shouldn't even try. <laughs> I think everybody, everybody's trying to, but I, you know, I can't. Yeah. You look around the corner, I'll be there. John, is there any chance we have like a minute or two? I heard some crazy hot take today that uh, Justin Fields could go number one. Your thoughts to that silliness? Uh, insanity. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I, I imagine, uh, I didn't see it. I don't know who it was, but I'm sure they're going the Ohio State route. Well, Urban Meyer used to be in Ohio State. He knows people. I, I assume that. Um, no. I, the only reason Urban Meyer came to the NFL is because he knew he was getting the best quarterback prospect since Andrew Luck, and some people say since John Elway. So, no. I'm going to go 100.7% Trevor Lawrence is going to the Jacksonville Jaguars. I was I was thinking 100.7% uh, as well. So we're on the same page there. Uh, all right, John, I appreciate it, man. We'll do it again tomorrow. Masters getting underway tomorrow, John. Get fired up. Yeah, a little depressing, no Tiger. So, but that's what happens. Uh, hopefully, you know, you're driving 88 and uh, what was it, 45? That's yeah, that kid. was that was the that kids. breaking news today. Tiger was driving fast in a deadly crash. I mean, I'm not joking about the deadly part, but sort of obvious, was it not? 
Yeah, a little bit. So uh, it's always, you know, golf's always a little bit more exciting when Tiger's in it on the final day. But absolutely, that's not going to be happening for a long time, if ever. Yeah, no, it's uh, the Tiger effect is real. I talked a little bit about that to start the show. All right, man, get out of here. Appreciate it. There he is, Johnny Mac. Um, it, I'm gonna miss Tiger, dude. <laughs> like I always want him in in play. You know, even if he doesn't make the damn cut, I don't care. If I get two days of him, I'm happy. It just injected into my veins. All right, let's get to a break. Uh, one hour down, just like that. When we come back, Luke and I are going to dive into that Masters tournament starting tomorrow. Best bets, value bets. We'll get back into that. Look at maybe some futures market stuff with the NBA. Have some fun. Hour number two coming your way next. Live in the Prop Swap Studios, AM 1490, Sports Betting Radio. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done.